We are the 12 Sided Guys. We have Matt playing Pine. Hi. Scott playing Joff. That's me. Jordan playing Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina playing Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, playing Barbies. Or at least that's what my wife says it sounds like when she hears us playing D&D. I'm wearing a new fancy outfit to the party. Can you believe that, Aaliyah Brava? Ugh, I hate her. And so forth. Anyway, thanks for listening. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. And maybe help us get some snacks. And maybe you can get an extra little gift from us. Also, your reviews are super helpful in getting other people to find us, so keep it up. Anyway, if you've ever duped Griswold's Edge, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 33. that reference <laughs> it, it had knockback it was great against the bbeg oh yeah yes but you dupe it so you can sell it and then you can buy better stuff <laughs> did anybody else ever dupe anybody know what i'm talking about duping yeah i totally duped. oh yeah all the time okay all right here's the question where was your favorite duping spot mine was that path that would normally lead to the town portal um i think yeah i think mine was just a little bit above the center of town i think you know it was really sad Finding Wurtz Peg Leg in number two. I love that game with a passion. I still will play um, D2 on the regular. Did you get the re-release or have they done that yet? No, not yet. The the Diablo 2 Resurrected one? Yeah. I am anxiously awaiting, but not yet. It looks good. All right. On that note, welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We are... In the middle of the caper where our heroes are split up, they are trying to capture or kill Aaliyah Brava, the woman in charge of, well, she used to be in charge of the Rose Syndicate that Nari was a part of, who then we found out later she betrayed the Rose Syndicate and is now working for the Empire. At the same time that the boys are all up in the ballroom at Eberly Manor trying to get Aaliyah Brava, Nari and their friend Sir Bordemus, are down in the catacombs trying to stop a new threat that Nari was made aware of not long ago through ascending from Kira, who's actually Joff's sister, saying basically another cell of Fallen Heaven has been planning an attack and to stay away from Eberly Manor because it will, quote, bring down the house. So that is where we were at right now. At this point in time, Aaliyah Brava has just left the ballroom to go figure out why people are getting sick, maybe to go confront a chef or something of that matter. And the boys, as well as their ally, Thilo, who is pretending to be a servant of Pine, um, have followed her um, into as yet areas unknown of the Eberly Manor complex. The boys... You guys all kind of come down through these double doors that were on the south side of the ballroom into this hallway. And you can see doors on either side. As you look to the right, as you guys are, are heading down this hallway, you can see that the doors have um, handles, doorknobs on them. As you look to the left, those doors look like they are just kind of uh, swinging doors on a hinge that you can just kind of push your way in and out of. 
as you come through the door, you see Aaliyah Brava push through um, one of those hinged doors on the left and enter into a room that you cannot see. Otherwise, the hallway that you're in continues further um, further south, and you can see at the very far end, there are double doors on that far end as well. I, I have an idea. Let's post up outside this door. I'm going to summon forth something and see if I can use this uh, entity to hopefully apprehend her. Okay. This could work, or it might fail horribly. We will find out. Should we try charming her first? Uh, this will actually be part of that. Okay. Point of order, Paul. Are we alone in this hall? You can't see anybody in the hall right now, but I was just going to say, Thilo kind of goes, there's a little bit of an intersection um, as you continue down, like halfway down the hall, and he kind of glances around. You see him kind of nod at somebody and then turn back around and give you guys big wide eyes, and he kind of gives you like, like the, the throat cut, like, hey, stop it, knock it off, shh, you know, type of a thing. And then he kind of walks back over to you guys as he whispers, there's a guard at some stairs down at the cross section. Well, shoot. I'll go distract. Okay. And I'll, I'll walk down towards the guard. Okay. Um, yeah, so Joff, as you, as you head further down the hallway, um, yeah, you, you see that there is some stairs going up um, this, this like intersection of this hallway um, to the east is some stairs going up higher up into this section of the manor and to the left is some double doors and as you think back on um, kind of where you're at you're pretty sure that those double doors um, to the west actually will will put you back out into the courtyard this may be some of those double doors that you saw earlier okay and this guard um, is standing kind of right at the base of the stairs and uh, he says i'm sorry i can't let you upstairs only people with rooms are allowed in the dignitaries' apartments." So I want to actually pretend to be a little bit drunk and lean in like really close, like, you know, like breathing on his neck a little bit as I'm talking, you know, slurring my speech a little bit and say, oh, I everyone's throwing up out there. And I, I just needed to get a little bit of clean air and just kind of like stand like awkwardly close to him. He says, uh, if you if you need to catch your breath and he points at the double doors um, on the other end and he says, out through there, that'll take you back to the courtyard. You can you can catch your breath out there. Okay, yeah. Once the room stops spinning, I'll head that direction. All right. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, I'm gonna try to cast a spell. Um, okay. Does it look like Joff is doing a, a, enough of a job distracting him? The guy seems distracted, and Joff is literally standing in front of him, so he can't like see um, what you guys are doing in this hallway. All right, Pine will. Just keep uh, an eye out the opposite direction where we came from. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to call forth an apparition um, entity of Lord Radriel, who is the Lord of Love. Oh, gosh. <laughs> In Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, I'm actually casting Summon Fey. And oh. what I'm going to do with this is... When you summon the Fae, uh, you choose a mood, fuming, mirthful, or tricksy. Mirthful, the Fae can force one creature it can see within 10 feet of it to make a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC. Unless the creature saves, or unless they, yeah, unless they succeed the save, the target is charmed by you and the Fae for one minute or until the target takes any damage. So my goal is to summon a mirthful Lord Radriel Fae which is the Lord of passion, 
lustful, erratic, unpredictable love and send him into the room uh, with the with the instructions of charming Aaliyah Brava. And so what does this um, what does this uh, apparition beast look like? <laughs> so I think he looks like handsome Squidward. A little bit. <laughs> She's a jaw. Oh my gosh. And I imagine him going into the room with that weird twirly dance thing and being like, Lady Brava, oh, please. I must speak with you. Okay. So Ebby's summoning, Ebby's Ebby's summoning like a spirit of lust. Maybe this orgy thing is actually going to happen. Oh my I mean, goodness. we're getting there. Mine's excited. <laughs> I gave you guys the opportunity to buy Love Potion number nine a couple times and you guys all passed. <laughs> That's problematic, Paul. Yeah, we're not those kinds of people. You're going to try to charm people with magic instead of with potions. Oh, no, we're, not, we're not going to. I'm just joking about the orange. I'm kidding. Thing. It's all good, guys. It's all good. Handsome Squidward. <laughs> appears in front of you and he kind of looks at you Ebby, and he kind of nods like i got this and um goes into the the room so now what exactly has to happen do you have to see what's going on no only i only have to summon him in a space i can see and it says okay creature resembles a fey creature of your choice marked by the chosen mood the creature disappears when it drops to zero hit points creature is an ally to you and your companions um, in combat, the creature shares my initiative, but it takes okay. its turn immediately after me. It obeys your verbal commands, no action required. If you don't issue any, it'll take the dodge action and it'll use its move to avoid danger. Okay. And then he, as bonus actions, he has face step. The fey magically teleports up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. And then one of the following effects can occur based on the, the chosen mood, and that's the mirthful where he can charm somebody. So that's okay. the goal is he's going to walk in there and try to like teleport up to her and be like, my dear lady, and see if he can charm her. Abby, your um, your apparition beast uh, of mirth and um, love uh, and lust walks into the room. What exactly does Aaliyah Brava need to do now? She will need to make a, um, I think it's a wisdom saving throw. And she needs to have a 15. 15 is the spell save DC. 15 is the spell save DC. Her saving throws. She has a plus four and she rolled a nine. 13. Yes. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I did not expect that to happen. I really didn't either. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Phase two of this whole crazy thing. We'll have to see if you approve of this or not, Paul. But I imagine uh, Lord Radriel's uh, hunk in there is like, it's done. She's been charmed. And um, I'm going to go in there, too. Okay. All right. So here's what happens. Go ahead. You can walk in that room. Pine will follow. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) So um, as you walk in, Ebby, you see it is a large kitchen. You see tables full of food. You see a wine rack on one side. You see um, there are some people in here cooking and chopping food. You see that Aaliyah Bravo looks like she was in the middle of basically yelling at somebody, pointing at them. And then there is this fey 
creature, handsome Squidward guy standing there and Aaliyah is just <laughs> looking at him. And one other person you see in this room, you see Sonara. You see Aaliyah Brava's big witch-hatted assistant is in this room as well, looking at Aaliyah and this newcomer with confusion. And now a deacon comes walking into the room. Evie <laughs> um, <laughs> is going to pause for a quick second and say, ah, uh, and then go, your presence is requested in the grand dining hall. Please vacate the room immediately. Are you saying that to Aaliyah? And to everybody else in there. Okay. I am going to make... Uh, we're just going to make a... a uh, <laughs> we're going to make a check for Sonara and see what she thinks. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> no! <laughs> so, Sonara is no fool. She doesn't wear that big witch's hat for no reason. As you come in here and you say, your presence is requested, vacate immediately... She knows something is not right. And not just the fact that there's some weird, handsome Squidward guy in here. She is immediately on guard. Let me see what she can do. I wish I could see into this room. (laughs) So she rolled a natural 20 to kind of figure out what's going on. So she is going to instantly cast a spell. Oh, no. Ebby, make a wisdom save. Oh, no. All right, here we go. I got a 15. Oh. You feel your body start to lock up and go rigid as hold person begins to take hold and then you manage to shrug it off. And now we'll let everybody else who was out in the hallway make their move as well. But Ebby, you just you just felt a spell get cast on you and you managed to shrug it off. Um okay. Um do we want to do you want us to move into initiative or well, I'm going to give um, Pine um, and Joff the opportunity to do a a quick round, uh, if you will, before we actually jump into initiative. Okay, sounds good. Okay, Pine will um, follow Ebby in as backup. Okay. So Pine will head into the room. Oh, Ebby's right there in the doorway. Yep. So how many people are in this room, Paul? This is the kitchen? Yeah, this is the kitchen. There's three like um, cooks. There is Sonara um, with her big witch's hat. And then there is Aaliyah Brava looking at handsome Squidward with um, just an adoring look on her face. Okay. So there are basically uh, one, two, three, four, five other people besides you guys and handsome Squidward. So Pine will come in and seeing all this, he will say, so, so is this where it's happening? Are we really doing this? <laughs> and you start to like unbutton his shirt a little bit. Oh my gosh, make a deception check. Uh, that's a 17. That's a 17. Okay. It's the sheer old man confidence that he's exuding. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, he's taking his shirt off. Okay, I am going to, um, here, we're going to make one more roll. Oh my gosh, I was just going to roll to see how confused um, Sonara is. And after this, you coming in, um, she rolled a natural one. She is just, her mind is, is, is blown. She has no clue what is going on. Joff, what do you want to do before we roll initiative? 
Uh, Joff is going to glance discreetly back the hall and see that Thilo is still in the hall and Joff is going to motion. If she's charmed, get her. He's going to like try and say that discreetly, whisper that to him. All right. And then Thilo will make a move and he will actually go into the room as well. Okay, let's roll some initiative, guys. This is so dumb. This is so crazy. I, I'm pretty sure. So here's the deal. I remember I was talking with Matt uh, a little bit ago and he was saying, oh, no, it's going to be great. It's like everything's going to go well and then everything's going to fall apart and then we're all going to nearly die. So <laughs> I guess we're making a move in a kitchen full of people. <laughs> uh, Pine rolled a six. Uh, Pine rolled a six. OK. Joff got a 20. OK. Ebby rolled an eight. We are going to see. Um, so. Um, Aaliyah Brava is charmed, but she will still get a move. Uh, she'll still get a turn. Let's see. Um, Sonara got a 17. Aaliyah Brava got an 11. And the, the servants got a 10. And Thilo, he got a 19. All right, let's jump to the top of the order. Joff. So Joff is going to continue to drunkenly or pretend to be drunk and talk to this guard and keep an eye out at the door. If anyone comes out, if they come out to warn the guard, Joff is going to try and intercept them and like fall into them so that they, you know, trip on the floor together. Okay. That's, that's my prepared action is to, to prevent them from calling for a guard. Gotcha. So basically, like you're 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 going to try to uh, like grapple somebody, basically. Yeah. Yeah. A grapple. But, you know, pretend to, you know, drunkenly fall over him. Right. Let's see. It is now Thilo's turn. Thilo looks around the room. Um, he sees Aaliyah Brava. He sees that she seems a little bit uneasy and he is going to take a few steps to get over next to her. And he is standing there looking at you guys like now and it is now sonara's turn sonara is totally confused as to what is going on there's an old man taking off his clothes um let me see let me go back to her and see what she is going to do she is going to cast thaumaturgy you hear her voice suddenly booming from all around and it says we need help in the kitchens. And she is going to take a step back away from the group. And it is now Aaliyah Brava's turn. Does she get any kind of saving throw again to kind of come out of the charm or no? I don't think so. I think once she fails it the first time, then it's charmed for uh, one minute, I think was what the Fey duration was. Okay. Yeah. Is, is it one of those situations where they're charmed until they take damage or see aggressive action against their friends or something? Yeah, unless they unless the save succeeds, the target is charmed by you and the Fae for one minute or until the target takes any damage. OK, so um, she just kind of looks back at Sonara. She goes, no, no, it's fine. Every everything's OK. Everything is just fine. The um, the serving um, the cooks and chefs, um, a couple of them kind of uh, head out the door real quick. They they take a um, uh, 
uh, a couple of steps to get outside of the kitchen. And one of them runs back. If you look in this room, um, this, this, uh, kitchen where they're doing all the, all the food prep, there's actually two other doors on the other side of the, of the room. Um, they go into two different rooms as well. And so two of the cooks go out the door back into the hallway where you guys were. And then another one of the cooks goes into one of the other doors, um, deeper into this kind of kitchen complex. And that brings us to Ebby. Okay. Um, I don't know how you feel about this one, Paul. So definitely tell me if you don't think that this sounds okay, but you know, what? I'm, I'm up for some shenanigans. Let's do this. Okay. The, uh, that Fay ability, the mirthful thing is part of his bonus actions. Um, so I want him, I guess he goes right after me, but, um, I'm going to see if he can charm Sonara I'm going to see if he can also turn around and be like, Sonara, my dear, and see if he can charm her as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So what is Ebby going to do then? Okay. Um, so Ebby is going to, talking to uh, Aaliyah Brava, say, it's time that you rested, my dear. We need to get out of the building, okay? And I'm actually going to cast feign death and it's not a concentration spell so i think i'm okay to do this and i'm okay. hoping that because she is willing because she's charmed i'm hoping this spell will work so you let me know how you feel about this okay well so this i feel like she will allow it to happen yes however what does it say about who gets to pick when it ends because when the charm wears off if she has any say about whether the spell is still in place then she can just cancel it herself, can't she? Um, maybe, yeah. Um, so here's here's the description on feign death. Um, you touch a willing creature and put it into a cataleptic state that is indistinguishable from death. For the spell's duration or until you use an action to touch the target and dismiss the spell, the target appears dead to all outward inspection and to spells used to determine the target's status. Oh my goodness. The target is blinded and incapacitated uh, and its speed drops to zero. The target has resistance to all damage except psychic damage. If the target is diseased or poisoned when you cast the spell or becomes diseased or poisoned while under the spell's effect, the disease and poison have no effect until the spell ends. Okay, so she will have no say as to whether or not she comes out of it. It's up to you. Yeah, and it lasts for an hour. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> so here's the deal. So she is she is charmed. Dude, Ebby and your shenanigans, my goodness. Okay, <laughs> that's great. No, that's fantastic. Um, in all honesty, just a little uh, behind the scenes, um, I had no clue how you guys were going to pull this off. <laughs> None at all. Neither did we. <laughs> I just assumed you guys would figure something out. This is amazing. So Aliyah Brava is charmed. You are trying to convince her to do this i am going to say you need to persuade her i will give you advantage because she is charmed and we'll call it a difficulty 13 persuasion oh okay i do not have good persuasion but we will give this a shot oh uh, oh 15 oh my goodness oh, yes oh my goodness <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she she nods her head and she says, yeah, I, th I think that that would be for the best. Okay. And she literally kind of curls up on the ground and, and lays down. She kind of tucks her, her hand underneath her head on her side and she just lays down in like the, uh, what's it called? The, the, is it the rescue position? Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, Ebby Ebby will kind of touch her and push her down into that position and say, Lady Arapose's rest be upon you, who's the Lady of Death, <laughs> specifically. Yeah, and, and funny enough, tomorrow, after Gadiver's March, is Arapose's rest. It's another holiday. Oh, okay. There we go. That's great. <laughs> All right. So suddenly okay. you have a dead Aliyah Brava right in front of you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So now uh, that'll be the end of Ebby's turn. And so. Oh my gosh. Okay. Lord Radriel's Squidward man is going to turn around and, uh, and then try to charm uh, Sonara. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. I would guess she probably has advantage maybe on the save because she's seen this happen now. I would assume so. She also has like a special ability. Yeah, she's going to make a saving throw. It's a wisdom saving throw. She has a plus five to her wisdom saving throw. What's the difficulty? Uh, DC 15. Oh my gosh. She only rolled an 11. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) She rolled two sixes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. I don't think I don't think our plan is really falling apart. <laughs> this is working out way better than it should have. I have never had a plan work in D&D before. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Thanks, Hannibal. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So but we're um, not out of the woods yet though, guys. No, she did she did use thaumaturgy and she did call for help. Um okay, so um let's see. She is now charmed. So I think, do we even need to be in an initiative anymore or? Just one um, problem. Um, Joff, you heard that voice say that they needed assistance in the kitchen. You heard that voice out in the hall where you are. And that soldier heard it as well. So I'm adding a turn in for him because I did not put him in the rotation. And it looks like he got a six, um, which I think means... He'll go the same initiative as me, as Pine. Oh my gosh, Evie, what a clutch, clutch move. Okay, Pine, you're up. Can I tell that she is charmed as well? Like, I see, I see the look on her face. You see her, her whole, like, uh, demeanor just kind of changes. Her shoulders drop. Um, she's not tensed up and angry. She even had, like, her hand up ready to, like, point and cast a spell. And then she's kind of drops it down to her side. And she kind of nods and says, yeah, okay. Everything's okay. All right. So what Pine will do is Pine is going to go back out into the hall. Okay. We did just clear the whole kitchen of, of people working there. They know something is weird. As you walk back out into the hallway, you can see that the two like uh, kitchen staff that went out into the hallway, they are actually in the process of hurry, uh, walking hurriedly um, north to go into the ballroom. Time to throw some daggers. jeez. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They've probably only got one level of cook, so you can get them in one dagger. <laughs> so uh, Pine will head up into the hallway and then um, he'll say, yes, help. There's a rat in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> and try to and try to make it seem like the problem in the kitchen is is much smaller than than it initially appeared. Okay. And I rolled an 18 deception check, if that's what you're going to look for. I'm going to make you do that with disadvantage because the women literally saw 
handsome Squidward come in? Oh, oh no! <laughs> I rolled a, I rolled on that once. So that's a four. Oh, no. oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> to be fair, I was really trying to convince the guard more than them. Right. Okay. Um. Well. Okay. So we'll call the we'll call the first one works for the guard, but the two the two cooking staff they know that that's not a rat. Okay. And anything else that Pine would like to do? Oh, I think we need to get out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. As fast as we can. Pine will look back in the kitchen and say, Silo, get out of here. And Ebby, come on. I think the party's over. All right. So Thilo will, um, as you say that, he will um, use his held action and you see him touch the air in front of him. You see like where he touches in the air, he kind of like uh, quickly jabs the air and it ripples. The air actually ripples like water on a pond, um, but vertical. He grabs Aaliyah Brava, kind of picks her up a little bit and then steps through um, this portal and he and Aaliyah Brava are gone. Step one, done. Now to escape. All right. I have an idea on how to do this, too, but it's not your turn yet. OK, guard is going to start coming to the kitchen to see what's going on. Joff, why don't you go ahead and make an attempt to um, to basically <laughs> grapple him? So uh, athletics. Yeah, athletics. I got a 13. I actually and he has to make a uh, an opposed athletics. Yeah, uh, he only got an 11, or actually a 12. So, yeah, wow. you trip him up and he falls down. So now, um, Joff, you're on the ground um, with like a soldier all tripped up over the top of you. And he starts cursing at you. He's like, damn drunk. Whoa, how did I get on the ground? He's trying to get himself up. Joff's We're going like, to pause oh, your this muscles are, right are here. on top of me. I'm so sorry. Is that your sword <laughs> in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh, no, it's your sword. It is your sword. <laughs> oh, that is a sword. Those are huge pockets. Wow. <laughs> you put a whole sword in there. <laughs> okay. Okay, Nari, we are jumping back down underneath the manor to you and Bordemus. And as you recall last time, I think Bordemus had already taken 10 hit points of damage from some of the undead that you were fighting earlier. Um, you come down these stairway, uh, the stairway into a part of the catacombs that you have not been in before. But if your reading of the maps are correct, this way will lead you to the crypt underneath Eberly Manor. Okay, as you come into this room, you see that there are like four sarcophagi and there is a hallway um, heading to the west that um, you and Bordemus are, are at this point, you are running from some skeletons and a white that were up the staircase that you managed to avoid. Um, but you do hear like some clickety clack of bones that are following you down this staircase. Sir Bordemus, uh, let's let's try to be quiet and uh, get through without waking any more of the dead. But I think we need to go down here to the to the left. All right. Um, who who should who should lead? Should I lead, my lady? I'll lead. Uh, okay. You you just pay attention to those skeletons behind us. Yes, ma'am. All right. You start heading down the hallway to the west, and um, as you kind of start heading down the hallway, you can see that. About 20 feet further on, it opens up into this big, wide open room that it looks like it used to be um, one of these um, areas full of sarcophagi um, as well, except for it looks like parts of the walls have like crumbled in. The ground is actually 
full of water. It looks like at some point somebody had built like some kind of uh, wooden bridges and things to get across this this water, um, but it has since fallen in. And as you um, as you kind of move carefully into this area, you can see that there are um, three zombies in the water, and at the far edge. Um, of the room, which is right where the exit is of this room, uh, you can see that there is a white that is protecting the, or he is standing at the exit to the room. And so there is no hiding from these guys. They see you. Can I tell how deep the water is? Are we talking like three feet or? Make a perception check. 12. Um, it looks like um, the water itself is probably about five feet deep, but the water is also about five feet below ground level. Does that make sense? So it's like um, the room, it looks like the middle part of it had, has kind of like washed away or fallen away. And so it's like um, the middle of the room, it's a five foot drop to the top of the water. And then the water itself is about five feet deep. Gotcha. Okay. And there are three zombies kind of stumbling around in the water. Let me roll some initiatives, and you can roll your initiative as well. Nari got a 12. All right. We have a white with an initiative of 17. And then we have Nari with 12. And then we have, um, it looks like zombies have five, and Bordemus has eight. So the white's going to go first. Um, Nari, he sees you. Um, he doesn't draw his sword. Instead, he pulls out a longbow, and he's going to take a couple shots at you. So two shots coming your way. It looks like uh, an 11 and a 9. I think that both of those miss you. Yeah, those miss. Okay. Um, then, um, Nari, it's your turn. So I am, I'm actually just going to try to run forward um, past the zombies as far as I can get. It looks like if you, um, so I remember I told you there was like a wooden platform that had fallen in. It looks yeah. like there's about a 15 foot gap. I think that Nari, I think you can make that jump. Yeah, running long jump, you can do your strength score. Yeah, so if you're if you move, you know, at least 10 feet beforehand, you can jump that whole distance no problem. Your your strength score is what 18. Yeah. Yeah, you can make that. You can make that jump easy. Okay, yeah, so I, I would want to just kind of jump over there, ignore the zombies, um, and then if I can land and attack the right, that would be ideal. I think that you can get the, the white one. Yeah, you, you can you can reach him just barely to make some attacks against him, yeah. Okay, so then I will just take my great axe on him, uh, 22 to hit. That hits. And 15 damage for the first swing. <laughs> Dang. And 25 to hit for the second, and 13 damage for the second. Oh my gosh. Boom. That's some huge damage. All right. I'm not playing around. I got places to be. <laughs> and then Bordemus's turn. Uh, Bordemus is not quite strong enough. So um, his. What we're going to do for him, we're going to make him make an athletics check uh, or uh, yeah, we're going to make him like that athletics check to see if he can get a couple of extra feet to clear that distance. And he does not. He jumps and he is about five feet short and he falls right in the water. Let's see how well he lands. Um, he manages to keep his feet, um, but that is the end of his turn. And now we have zombies turns. So they are going to move at half speed, which is already slow, but Bordemus gets surrounded by zombies. 
all three zombies get into base contact with him and he is now going to get attacked three times by some zombies. Okay. Um, three attacks coming his way and it looks like he got, um, oh my gosh. Uh, it, oh golly. He got hit three times. Oh man. Rough. Oh <laughs> They rolled a natural 18, natural 19, and a natural 15, which is then going to be a 21, a 22, and an 18. 18 is his AC. And three hits, meaning three, 3d6 plus three. Poor guy is getting clobbered to death. <laughs> Not really. He only took nine damage from that. They rolled really <laughs> poor. But still, um, he is definitely not happy about it. And that's going to bring us back up to the top with the white. The white has been clobbered by Nari a couple times. And he is going to now drop his bow, pull out his sword, and take two attacks on you, Nari. Um, oh, that is a natural 20 for the first hit. And the second hit is going to be a 12. So the first is going to hit you and he is going to deal. Uh, oh, golly. That's like, um, I think that is 15 damage. All right. Nari, it's your turn. I'm going to come back at him with my great axe. Um, just kind of trying again to get past him. Okay. 12 to hit for the first time. Uh, that's going to miss. And 22 for the second. That hits. With 10 damage. Okay. Yeah, this guy is starting to fall apart, but he is still standing. And then we've got uh, Bordemus. He is going to take some attacks at one of these zombies. Actually, um, he is going to follow your lead, and he's going to take the disengage action, and he's going to attempt to climb out. And so we're going to make an athletics check for him, and that's fine. I think he rolled an 18 for his athletics. He manages to pull himself up onto this broken bridge as these zombies are trying to get him. Um, and he is now up on this broken um, bridge right next to you. But that is his turn. Zombies turn. They are going to attempt to climb out as well. Let's see here. Oh, one of them rolled a natural 20 on their athletics check. So one of them ends up climbing out and gets out right next to the white. Um, another one rolled a pretty poor, a 12, which, um, golly, I think that that is um, going to get him out as well. But then this last one can't, it basically just kind of stumbles in the water and can't, it like falls down in the water and has trouble getting back up. So one of the zombies is still stuck in the water, but the other two have managed to get up um, and are now threatening you, Nari, as well as Bordemus. And that's going to bring us back to the top with the white. The white is going to take two more attacks at you, Nari. An eight and a, and a six. Neither one of those hit. And Nari, it's your turn. All right, I'm going to try to end him here with a 12 to hit. That's and then a, a 16 to hit. The 16 is going to hit. Okay, 11 damage. That is enough. This white falls apart and i'm gonna shout to bordemus like let's get out of here my dude okay and then are you gonna move yeah i think well no i'm actually i'm i'm just gonna wait until he's out since he's okay. a lot more hurt than i am gotcha all right well um it is now his turn and so he is going to take the disengage action so that the zombies can't get him and he's going to move through you 5 10 15 20 25 30 and he manages to get kind of into the hallway at the opposite end of the room um, which according to your map is the way that you need to go to get to underneath 
Eberly Manor. And then the zombies are going to take a couple swings at you, Nari. That's two attacks on you. And oh my gosh, a nine doesn't hit you, but a natural 20 does. And that is nine damage to you, Nari. Okay, cool. Okay. Nari, what are you going to do? I'm, I am also going to disengage and just run after Sir Bordemus and get out of there. You guys managed to get down this hall. The zombies are shambling after you, but you guys are both faster than them. And we are going to cut back upstairs. All right, back up into the hallway outside of the kitchen of Eberly Manor. All right. Um, so, oh, Bruce, you and the, you and this soldier are kind of wrapped up, um, in, uh, tangled up in, in each other. I need to know what's going to happen. It's it's your turn, Roos. Um, <laughs> we are still technically an initiative because, I mean, so much can go wrong. I need to know what you guys are going to do. Since I have him grappled, can I quickly tie him up? Uh, you want to attempt to tie him up? Um, I was going to say you can use your manacles, but I think you gave those all back to Howling Talon. Yeah. So tying him up is going to be a challenge because you're also going to be pinning him while he's going to be trying to escape. That's true. So I will say no. Here's what I would like to do. Okay. <laughs> and and my intent is to slow his movement. I want to, as I'm standing up, um, sleight of hand, unclasp his belt so his pants fall down when he stands up. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. More and more shenanigans. All right. You know, impede his movement, half speed or whatever you would determine um, that to be. Perfect. Yeah, go ahead and make a slight of hand check. We're going to say <laughs> difficulty 16. Oh, no. <laughs> I rolled a nat one. Oh, man. You reach for his belt and you just grab a big old handful of hot dog. Oh, no, you serious? <laughs> I was going to say, you're just grabbing his junk. <laughs> Joff, Joff makes really awkward eye contact and then stands up. He suddenly stops struggling and just makes it and looks right back at you like, wait, what? Yeah, OK, are we doing this? Is this happening right now? You're really playing off the drunk thing, though, so it's OK. I love that Nari's down in the catacombs, like fighting for her life. And we're up, we're up here just like uh, uh, grabbing junk. Yeah, we're like in an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that's my turn. I'll stand up and uh, wait for the party to, to run away and I'll follow him. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, so now it's Sonara's turn and as everyone's kind of leaving the room, she just kind of stands there and, and waves. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. And then that brings us now to the cooking staff. The two um, cooks who left the room and went into the hallway, they bust through the double doors into the ballroom and they are now out of sight. Whoops. <laughs> Time to go. All right. And that brings us now to Ebby. Ebby, as well as your apparition beast of uh, handsome Squidward. So I'm going to I'm going to say to Sonara, Sonara, dear, we only have a little bit of time, but I need your help with escorting us out of the building, please. And then I'm going to start stepping out into the hallway. OK. Yeah. Just kind of move up near 
I guess see how far I can get. Let me see how far I can go down this hallway. Which way, which way are you going? Are you going to go? Because if you recall, here at this intersection of hallway, um, you can actually go back out to the courtyard through here, or you can head back up north, back into the ballroom, or there's double doors to the south that you don't know where they go. Oh, oh, okay. Um, actually, let me, let me, can I kind of revert a little bit? I'll allow it. All right, thank you. I'm going to actually ask Sonara and say, Sonara, dear, we don't have much time. We're going to need your help clearing a way to get out of the building. Which direction is the fastest way to get out of here? She nods and says, okay, I can help. And then on her turn, she will show you which way to go. Okay. And what's your uh, what's your handsome Squidward going to do? So I'll come out here in the hallway, kind of over here by Pine. Uh, handsome Squidward will come out into the hallway as well. And I'm going to see if he can also charm the guard. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Well. He's a tough nut to crack. I, I've tried. I imagine he comes <laughs> out and sees you guys fumbling with each other's pants. And he's like, what is happening out here? And nobody bothered to call me. <laughs> a tough nut to crack. That's great. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So he has to make a save, right? A wisdom save? Yeah. DC 15 wisdom DC save. DC 15. He is, well, yeah, he, he is, um, he's been kind of pinned down and now he's had his junk grabbed. So he is going to have advantage on this roll. That's cool. That's fine. Don't think he made it. He rolled a natural 13, but this is just a guard. Um, I, let me go check real quick. Let me just check because. It's more fun if he fails, I think, at this point. Wisdom save. Uh, yeah, he he failed. <laughs> he failed. Oh, my oh, goodness. <laughs> so he kind of like stands up and then he kind of gives the apparition beast a big smile. And he looks back at Joff and he gives you a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pine, what are you doing? Oh, Pine is just going to hurry out to the double doors to the to the west. OK, yeah, I think Pine can if he dashes, he's, he can make it clear out into the courtyard. OK, perfect. Pine is out the door. Um, the next person to go would be Joff. It's your turn next. You see Pine go out those doors. Since the guard is not resisting anymore, I'm going to pull his belt off again and then run okay <laughs> okay all right you follow um and then it's sonara's turn she steps out into the hallway and um ebby you see her and she points um down in the same direction that um that joff and pine went and she says if you go that way have a great day and then she kind of waves at you guys as you guys dash away beautiful ebby i'm guessing you're gonna follow and we are going to yeah, before I end up also following them, I want to leave Sonara with some instructions. Okay. Um, and just say, Sonara, dear, if you can keep them back in the in the ballroom or away from this hallway, that would be very appreciated. Thank you so kindly. Of course. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> okay. Ta. <laughs> okay. And back down into the tunnels underneath the city of Arkelvy. All right, Bordemus and Nari, you guys have managed to navigate down through a narrow tunnel over some more water and some more rubble, and you come to a hallway. I'm not sure. Let me see how far you can see. Oh, Nari, you actually, with your light spell, 
you can see this hallway. Um, there's a hallway off to the south, um, but you're fairly certain according to the map, the way that you're supposed to go is straight ahead. And you can see that there is like a gate, a, a fenced off gate, which is very similar to the one that you saw in the crypt underneath Eberly Park. Okay, so it's like a it's like a, a gate that has a lock on it, um, and you see that. And as you look at the map um, that you have from that rat catcher, the note on here says, "I only went through here once and got chased away," or something to that effect. Or guards chased me away, and you're fairly certain that this would put you right underneath Eberly Manor. Yeah, make a perception check as well. Uh, twelve for perception. Okay, um, it's really hard to see down here because, I mean, your, your light is kind of shining through some bars. Yeah, this is where you are at. So, um, Bordemus says, I, it must be beyond that gate. I think we're close. I agree. Let's see if we can uh, get through it. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll approach the gate and kind of see. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll at first see if I can just even break through it or how sturdy and secure it is as you approach you can see that there is a like a it's like a metal bar like a cage wall that goes across this entrance and then inside that that wall there is like a a door that's also made out of bars that you can open um, and you see it is already ajar looks like they've whoever it is has gotten here before us let's tread carefully and then I think I think I'd want to try to sneak if it's already been opened. Sure. And then um, real quick, did you want to try to turn off your your light spell as well? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. As you turn off your light spell, you can see there is light coming from the room beyond this. This grate. you couldn't see it before because of your own spell. But now you are aware there is light coming from it. You guys are going to try to sneak into this room. Yeah, I'd like to kind of sneak in and see see what's going on before we do anything. Why don't you go ahead and make a stealth check as you um as you push this door open. Okay, 11. All right, and let me see. We had two natural 18s um for um for uh perception. Uh there is no sneaking Boo. as this door goes. Greek and squeals like crazy. All right. Bordemus pushes in with you into this room. This room is quite large. There are like um, six columns down the middle of this room, and you can see that it's full of sarcophagi. These sarcophagi are very well made. Each one of them has like a, um, a raised figure or a bust of whoever is buried in that sarcophagus. This looks like a very well-kept and um, expensive family crypt. And we are going to roll initiative down here for Bordemus and Nari and whoever else is down here. Well, Nari rolled in that one, so that's a oh, two God. initiative. Oh, man. Bordemur, uh, <laughs> Bordemur. Bordemus <laughs> got a six, and then we have 16. And then we have, that's going to be like an 18. You enter this room. You can see that there is light coming from the center of the room. You can't see where the light is coming from because of columns and sarcophagi in the way. But you hear a voice call out and it says, someone's here. Quick, stop them. And 
you see coming into view um, a, a man who is dressed in armor. He's got a spear. He's got a shield. He looks like he is wearing clothing that he outfitted himself. And behind him, you see another guy coming. And then around the corner at the far side of the building, or sorry, at the far side of the room, you see a third kind of um, piecemeal armor soldier come around the corner. And the first one is going to actually be able to reach you, Nari. Nari, you're getting attacked. Does uh, a 10 hit you? I do not believe it does. No. And then we have Sir Bordemus's turn. He is going to rush down to confront this soldier that kind of came around the corner um, at the south side of the room. And he is going to make two attacks. And he is going to hit both times and deal a lot of damage. He cuts this guy down, no problem. So one of the soldiers, one of these ramshackle soldiers is now lying dead on the floor of this crypt. Wow, pulling no punches. Nari, it's your turn. I I think I will like kind of shout like we're not we're not your enemy. We're not your enemy, uh, but I will also attack the gentleman who is ahead of me at the same time. <laughs> Got it. And that is a nat 20 to hit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that We're is not a crit? your enemy as I turn you into a pile of a puddle of goo. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that is a um Oh my gosh. 12 plus 12 is 24 plus 4. So I think that's 28 damage. That is so dead. That is so dead. You oh, cut man. this guy in half. Unless are you trying to knock him out? But I'm not your enemy, my dude. Actually, I would prefer to knock him out if I'm able okay. to. Like, I don't want to kill these guys necessarily. I want to know who they are and what they're doing. All right. Yeah, you knock this guy out. Now you have another attack and a move. And you can see that there's one more soldier. And then you heard a voice in here from the center of the room that um, sounded like a female voice. Um, but you have not seen who it is yet. That direction? Okay. Yeah, like somewhere right here. So I'm going to kind of maneuver around the column so I can kind of see who they are and also be in hitting range of the other soldier okay and yeah i don't think i'm gonna i'm not gonna kill the other soul hit the other soldier either i'm gonna say hey we're not necessarily your enemy let's let's chat as you um come into range of this other soldier you see in the middle of the room there is some kind of glowing red crystal contraption that a woman is bent over working on she is looks like she's got like some weird conduit or hose that she's plugging in in one side she's got a device in her hand that she's like working with and she looks up at you and you see on one side of her face she has tattoos she is dressed in more of like an exotic style not a local style she has pointed ears and you recognize the woman that you saw the other day leaving the bathhouse and it was odd because she was fully clothed in the bathhouse. I think I would also mention like I'm with fallen heaven like as well. Like I'm not your enemy. I'm with fallen heaven. I just want to know what's going on. Okay. Make a persuasion check. Not very good at that, but I caught a nat 18 for 17. Nice. All right. Um, it is actually now her turn. Very good persuasion check. And um, she actually 
kind of stops and she looks up at you and she says, then what are you doing down here? We have our own plan going on upstairs and I don't want it to be ruined. But I was told by my contacts that there was someone planning something super destructive. So I just need to know what's happening. And I just want to talk before we make any big decisions. Okay. It is now the soldier's turn. What he says is he says, Feline, she knocked out. Oh, gosh. George, <laughs> she knocked out George. What should I do? And he's got his like, uh, he's got his spear in his hand. He's ready to like start stabbing at you. But he looks confused because Feline, this woman, uh, seems to be talking to you. Bordemus's turn. He's going to come around the column. And now he is on the opposite side of Feline from you. And so now you guys have her in a pincer move. He has been listening to what you've been saying. And so he is not going to attack. He is going to wait for you, Nari, to do something. All right. Is there anything else you want to say before it's, or do you guys want to have your little conversation now? Yeah. I, yeah. No, I don't think there's anything else to say. I, I just want to know what's going on. She says, I've been planning this for months and I finally have the equipment. I am not going to lose this chance to bring down the governor of Arkovi. I suggest that you get out of here while you can. Because this is going to be big. I can imagine, but there are a lot of innocents upstairs. Is there not a better way to get rid of the governor? No. No, there's not. This not only gets rid of the governor, it sends a statement. A statement that fallen heaven is strong and we are not going to be pushed around by the empire anymore. If you're really with fallen heaven, then... You should appreciate what I'm about to do. I appreciate the spirit and I I understand where you are coming from. I have agents upstairs who are working very hard to get some very important information. And if you blow them up, that is going to make it very difficult for me. I want the same goals that you have, but I would prefer to keep my people and innocents alive. There's an adjudicator up there right now, too. I've killed adjudicators before. Make a, um, um, I make a persuasion check. Basically, I just want to see if she believes you. It would have actually been a one. I'm okay, so she, she does not, um, believe you. Um, actually, she, uh, she says, you've killed adjudicators? Sure, sure you have. Adjudicator, singular, singular, but, but still, like, we have the same goals. And I can help you. Perfect. Yes, help me. Help me. Here, come here. Help connect these wires. Let's get this thing set. I can help you. I have contacts in the city. We have an entire network here that we are working to rebuild. And if we blow this up, this is not going to, we're not going to be able to continue our work in this city against the Empire. If we blow this up and we bring down the governor, as well as an adjudicator, Arkelvik may be able to free itself. Don't you see? What, what will that do? What will Arkelvik freeing itself do? Don't, isn't there... It's bigger than Arkelvik. We need, we need more than that. We need a network and we need to understand the intricacies of the empire. We can't just blow things up. We need to take a first step and this is a first step. 
If Article V can free itself, then the other provinces can follow suit. Can they? Do they? They can't necessarily. Like that's if we have Article V as a base for our network, we will have so much more connection and ability to get the rest of the provinces the help that they need so they can topple the empire. You're thinking small picture. Not small picture. This is huge. This has not been done. She stands up and she pulls out her rapier and she says, if you are not with me, then I have to stop you before I can set this off. My mission is too important. We are going to resume initiative. Nari, it's your turn. I don't want to do this, um, but I'm going to uh, step up towards her and um, attack with a 20 to hit. That will hit. 14 damage. And then another 20 to hit. 14 again. So 28. 28 damage. Yikes. All right. But again, I would like to not kill her if possible. If it makes you feel any better, you're nowhere near killing her yet. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nari, where you are situated, there is a soldier that is right behind you. Um, And so she has an ally within five feet of you. She is going to take... Goodness, I, I lied. She does not have a rapier. She has a short sword, but she's going to take three attacks with it against you. 14, 16, and 17. 16 and 17 will hit. So one of those is going to deal um, six plus four. So 10 damage, max damage. And then I'm really sorry. The next one is going to deal 5d6 plus four. And I'm going to reduce that by 1d12 plus okay. 2 for my stone's endurance. So reduce that next one by 9. So 23 reduced by 9. So that's still 14 damage. Okay. And that was her turn. All right. And now the, um, the we'll call him the fallen heaven soldier who is standing behind you. He's going to take a stab at you with a spear. And that is going to be a 14. I don't think that's going to hit you. No. And now it is Sir Bordemus's turn. He is going to rush up on Feline, this um, woman who stabbed you. And he's going to take two attacks. And he got an 11 and a 16. And the 16 barely hits her and deals oh, four damage. All right, Nara, you're up. Um, So I will, as my bonus action, uh, regain a little bit of HP. So that is 14 HP I will get back. Nice. And then I will attack her again uh, with my great axe for 15. That is a miss. Oh, that's a miss. Yeah, 16 is her AC. Oh my gosh. And then uh, eight. So oh. not doing great there. Not doing great. And uh, she still has an ally behind you so she can get sneak attack um, for one of her hits. She is going to, she's going to split her attacks. Two against you and one against Bordemus. So two against you. Um, we have a 20 and then a natural one. So you are going to get hit by the sneak attack. 
And that is going to be at this point, one, two, three, four, plus one more D6. So that's going to be 18 plus four. That's 22 damage. And then one attack against Bordemus. And that's only a, um, a nine to hit. All right. Well, I am knocked out. <laughs> oh, you're unconscious. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. Uh, Bordemus. It is Bordemus's turn. All right. Let's see what Bordemus can do. He's going to attack her twice. Oh, no. Um, he did not hit. All right. Let's see. You're knocked out. Okay. You need to make a death saving throw, don't you? I do. Five. Okay. That's not great. Let's see here. I'm so stressed. I know you are. We will see what happens to um, uh, Bordemus. He is going to get attacked a couple times. Oh, no. Let's see how much damage he gets. 16. He is still standing. And then it is the Fallen Heaven Soldiers. So anyway, he's getting attacked by the girl and by the Fallen Heaven Soldier. And um, so he took damage from um, Feline from her attacks. Um, Bordemus is going to step over to Nari, taking a uh, attack of opportunity from the um, Fallen Heaven Soldier. And he does not get hit. And um, Bordemus reaches down and he is going to give you 20 hit points with a lay on hands. Thanks, Bordemus. Your eyes pop back open. I knew he was a paladin. He's a he's a homie is what he is. And now, Nari, it is your turn. You are on your back. Um, Bordemus, as your eyes flutter open, you hear him say, I don't have much reserves left. Me neither. <laughs> so, Nari, it's your turn. <laughs> I will pop back up. Cool, then, yeah, I will attack at him. Uh, the first one was a nine, which I'm assuming doesn't hit. That's a miss. Uh, nat 20. That's going to hit. Actually, it was a nat 19, sorry, but that's still with my thing. Um, so, that is, I think that was another. Um, so, that's going to be 24 damage. Mm-hmm. And are you knocking him out or are you killing this guy? I'm killing this guy. I'm pissed at this point. Sorry, dude. You just come down on top of his head and he is now um, two guards instead of one. I will use my action action surge and hit again at uh, Feline. Okay. So you get two more attacks. So that's a 23 to hit. That hits. For 14 damage. Okay. And then another nat 20. Oh my gosh. Damn. Nari nat 20 Stormfist. My goodness. I know, right? Uh, four. Oh my gosh. What was that? 11. So that's 22, 26. 26 so damage. So 26 plus 14. Oh my gosh. That so that's is... 40. Oh my goodness. And just like that, you your eyes pop back open and all of a sudden the tables have completely turned. Um, There's nothing she, better than Nari when she's down on the ground almost dead. Oh gosh. Oh man. And that brings us to Feline's turn. She, through gritted teeth, just yells out. She says, can't you see that you're wrong? And then she's going to attack at you twice and at 
Bartimus once. So it looks like she hits you once for um, uh, with a 26, and then she hits, no, she misses Bartimus. So um, you are going to take uh, eight damage. Okay. And uh, it is now Bartimus' turn. He is going to swing down on her with his sword two times, and he hits her once and deals seven damage, no, uh, eight damage. And she is barely hanging on. Nari, it is your turn. I I will hit her again, but I won't try to not kill her. Okay. Uh, well, maybe too well. Uh, 11 to hit and then a 20 to hit. Okay, the 20 will hit. And then that was 14 damage. So if I could not kill her, that would be ideal. You knock her out. Oh, geez. I was so nervous for you, Nari. Dude, I was so stressed. Seriously. <laughs> so, Bordemus has been hanging on to that, um, that, uh, whatever, uh, lay on hands, that touch hands. Yeah, that got pretty hairy. Um, yeah, I was having that extra guard down there to keep letting her get her sneak attack. Let's see. Nari, you and Bordemus are standing here in the basement underneath Everly Manor. There is a woman that you have subdued. There are two dead guards, as well as a third who is kind of up in the north side of the room, knocked out. And there is this strange pulsing red crystalline contraption. And it seems just based on how Feline was acting, it is not currently armed. And we're going to leave you right there and jump back upstairs to the boys. All right, into the courtyard, we have Joff and Ebby and Pine. You guys exit out of um, this doorway that you guys uh, were directed by Sonara, and sure enough, you guys are back out in the courtyard. You actually, as you come out here, you see that there's a couple of people from inside. They're out here like throwing up in, um, into these like uh, flower beds and things. You see people like kind of uh, leaning against the uh, the fountain. Other people are kind of like fanning some people. You know, it seems like not everybody is sick by any stretch of the imagination, but a lot of people have gotten sick. And uh, if you guys head south, you can get out of the manor right now. Let's go. Yeah. Before Pine leaves, Pine will send a message to Nari via Squire. I forgot I could do that for this whole session. <laughs> and, and say, we've taken care of the snake. Did you take care of all the other problem or do I need to go get my son out of here? The problem has been taken care of. We're still in the catacombs and we'll need a route of escape, but but the problem has been mitigated. Oh, one more thing I forgot to tell you, Nari, in describing that room where you're at. There is a staircase at the south side of that room that goes up. And you imagine that probably would lead you into Eberly Manor proper. Do I have an idea of where to lead me, though? Like No. Okay. So Pine will say, um, if we could get the innocents cleared out of here, if we could say, very important people, shelter in place, the rest of us get out. If we could clear it of the innocents, do you think that we could set off that, that device? I think I could probably figure it out. Yeah. What do you all say? Again, this is all via Squire, so like the guards around us aren't hearing anything. Gotcha. 
I want um, insight check from um, from Abby. Oh, okay. Uh, Twenty one. Sonara's charm will be wearing off very shortly. Yeah, uh, we need to move quickly. The charmed soldier and and Sonara will not stay charmed for long. Okay, we got what we need. Let's just get out of here. And Joff will slow down his pace and try and blend in the crowd and make his way out of the courtyard. Pine will too, but he'll say again to Nari, do you need an extraction? Yes, an extraction would be great. I'm uh, a little bit weak. I can follow the path you'd planned to take. And if you want to come with me. I'll I'll go with. I'll go hang out with uh, Aaliyah. Okay, so I'm I'm confused. What's what's going on? I'm sorry. Joff is gonna go to the wagon and make sure Leah okay. is secure, and then Ebby and Pine are gonna go get uh, Nari. Basically, backtrack, follow. So hopefully, we can meet up and then have strength in numbers as we come back out. So you're gonna go back through the through the park. So you guys are, you guys are all leaving. Yeah. Yes. All right. You guys left a lot of like um. Loose threads there in the, uh, in but the a manner. lot fewer than the than in a typical D and D campaign, I must say. You, I will I will <laughs> say this: you guys did so much better in this caper than most fifth edition or any Pathfinder, any any kind of caper. Um, usually, it's like the first time you run into any kind of resistance, or the first time you have to make a roll, everything falls apart. This time, the only bad roll got Joff a handful of the guard. <laughs> Not even that bad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, and one other thing too, Paul, uh, the Lord Radriel guy, the summon Fay, he lasts for an hour. So oh my gosh. He's, he's coming along for the ride. Oh, I got to go find his token again. Where did he go? <laughs> he was kind of cool. Don't leave without me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's so creepy. Here is what happens uh, now. You guys are in the courtyard and people are moving to and fro. You see servants coming and helping out and everything. And um, people are bumping into you guys as you guys are trying to get um, out of the manor. Ebby. Yes. As you are walking along full Monty, (laughs) you you see um, that there is a deacon uh, servant who is... Um, kind of helping his master, um, who seems to be, um, you know, quite weak in the knees. And as you guys are leaving, you and this deacon bump into each other. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Jordan. This is the first time that Ebby has touched another deacon skin to skin since session zero. Ooh. Metal to metal. But in session zero, the deacon that Ebby touched was not operable. I don't know if you remember that or not. I do. Okay. Ebby, as you bump into this other deacon or or mech, whatever you want to call it, suddenly for you, time seems to stop. You imagine you can see the outline of this deacon this ormac in front of you and you can see power flowing and coursing through its body you can see it's it's almost like the only way i can think of to describe it is like electrical current going through the body of this deacon you can see it like blood through arteries and veins right 
One thing that you notice, though, is that there is a small section, as you can see the energy coursing out through this body, there's this small section in the chest of this deacon that doesn't have any energy going to it at all. Almost like there's a, like a circuit breaker that's been flipped and power energy can't get to that section of this deacon. Now, that's not exactly what it looks like. That's the only way I can think of to describe it. Okay. So you notice that there's this small breaker switch and you recognize this section in the chest from your reading in Arnium Celadar's book. You recognize this looks like the depictions, the diagrams of that contraption that he invented in order to trap consciousness. It is in the chest of this deacon and there is no power going to it. And instantly you have the distinct impression you can flip that switch. But you also are just innately aware of some risk. So I'm going to tell you right now, in this split second of contact, Ebby can attempt to flip that switch. Ooh. But if you fail, there will be penalties. In fact, even if you succeed, there may be penalties. So I just want to know what you want to do. I have a whole rule set written up for this very moment. Oh. But I leave it up to you. I mean, certainly like 90% of me is like, oh, let's do this. But I think the mission at hand is going to take precedence, but this may become Ebby's new fixation is trying to see if he can't get close to one of these guys to do this in the future. Okay. As you break contact with this deacon, one last thought enters your brain and it's not Neum. This is a realization that you have. You don't know this deacon or Ormek what their name is, but you know that she's female. Huh. And the connection is broken. The deacon um, servant continues to help the, their master. And I need you to make a quick perception check. Okay. Or, or, or insight check. Sure. I'll do. That's all the same for me at this point. So I'll do perception. So I got a 15. You don't notice any change in the deacon's uh, body language except for a quick little turn of its head back at you for just a, not even all the way around to look at you, but just kind of a jerk towards you and then back on target. So you get the impression that somewhere inside that deacon felt the connection as well. But whatever programming it has right now, it's unable to act on anything. All right, you guys continue to rush out of the courtyard. As you are leaving the courtyard, heading towards the gatehouse, suddenly you hear another booming voice. 
the um, haunted house spell, um, you hear um, a voice yell out, we've been attacked. Guards, no one leaves. And just as you hear that voice, you recognize it as Sonara. You are at the gatehouse. And if you recall, at the gatehouse, guarding the gatehouse was a certain short man in plate armor who, Ebby, when you saw him down below in the catacombs, he kept touching his chest every few seconds. And you see the dark-skinned man with with, uh, dark hair and beard and the big maul. They are both standing there. They hear that voice and they see you guys as you are leaving the party and you are already past them. What are you guys going to do? I, I think we make a break for it, guys. I could leave Lord Radriel here to fight. You guys need to make a split second decision because they are coming at you. Jaffa's is just going to start running. Pine will look at them and say, we've been attacked. Run for your lives. And then run. <laughs> All right. You guys scoot. Pine tries to make a, a, a clever lie. How did he do? I rolled a 22 for deception. And let's see. They immediately start to come towards you. And then they hear an old man's voice say that he's been attacked as you guys run away. And they both look back in to the court heart, courtyard, giving you three a chance to slip away into the night. And I think that's where we're going to end tonight's session. (laughs) Oh, man. man. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, you guys. Okay. Well, congratulations. This is the most successful split party I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Nobody died. Nobody died. But, oh, my goodness, you guys, that was great. That was fantastic. We had some super uh, intense combat down below. We had some crazy shenanigans some wild spells and it seems like everything i mean worked as well as it as it could so we're gonna leave it there for tonight thank you guys for joining uh thanks everyone for listening and thank you for your reviews they really help us out again maybe consider becoming a patron uh if you become a patron we might have a little extra surprise for you so until we get together again Hope you guys have a great night and have a great time. 